Welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday morning. And since it's Tuesday, you know it. It's time to welcome back on the program the one and the only Andrew Dambina. Andrew, it's good to speak to you again. How are you doing? Very well on this lovely bright day. How about you, Noreen? I'm good, thank you. I always forgot the program name, though. So I was like, welcome back to... Oh, yeah, that's right, oh. Brunch. Uh oh. Um, so yeah. it's you're, you're right. We often talk about the weather, and it's so warm. It's 25 degrees. I can't believe Super it. Super humid. Super uh, humid. Oh yeah. But it's nice and bright. Exactly. Yeah. So you've yeah. got you, you sent over some pictures for for our listeners. I've posted I it up did. on the Facebook. Um, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio Three. Um, so hit us. What have you got for us this morning? Okie dokie. So we've got three segments for the listeners uh, today. And it's uh, going to start off with uh, just a quick, interesting read that I had just, uh, I think it was on the eve of Chinese New Year. Um, just trying to think. Yeah, it was, it was around that time. It was by a columnist who is a regular food writer for the South China Morning Post. And it was quite, he, he often is quite humorous in the way he writes sometimes. Uh, he was in a pub quiz uh, the week before Chinese New Year, a few days before the eve of it. And he was, um, there, there was a question that proved to be contentious about food stuff, which is why I thought it would be good to talk about. I know that, that the actual celebratory and traditional di- dishes uh, are still clear in some people's minds that might be listening. So I'll just, um, I'll just mention a couple of the questions. Um, there, there were some simple ones. It was themed. It was a regular pub quiz that he attends with a with a with a team. So he's quite into it. It seems from uh, from what I read. Uh, but there was one question that caused a little bit of a ruckus. Um, this this one was easy enough. There was a food question. What fruit is prominent for the prosperous seasonal association? Um, what fruit would you say? Is, uh, is, is, is one that you see that's prosperous for uh, Lunar or Store Chinese New Year. Is it the Kumquat? Yes, Kumquat or Mandarin Orange. That's either right. yeah. is, either works for that question. Um, uh, but, this, but, but there was one which was more open-ended, and this was put to this team that this guy was in, and three people in this team are of, of Chinese descent. So they're kind of, even though they might not have all spent their whole life up till now, in Hong Kong they have that kind of um, family background where traditions are kept. So the, uh, the, the, the question is, what specific dish is a must-serve for a New Year lunch or dinner? What would you say, coming from a half Chinese um, sort of heritage? Oh, I don't know, Andrew. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Give me no a pressure, hint. But, but no pressure, yeah, but that's fifty percent of your heritage, uh, Noreen. So, um, any thoughts? <laughs> uh, rice. Uh, well, wow, that's a great that's a great if safe option. Um, it wasn't it wasn't the one. That was um, that the quiz master was thinking of the team in question. The, the, the writer's team, the columnist, was that it might be some kind of goal with the uh, the puddings and cakes that are popular uh, during the season, like, uh, like uh, Lobako. Lobako. Yeah, Lobako or uh, uh, Ningo. Oh yeah, Ningo. Yeah, so so that's the the Lobak Go listeners. If you're not familiar, savoury uh, radish cakes usually pan fried and can be 
on the seen on menus of dim sum restaurants all year round. Sometimes they're steamed. Um, and uh, the ningo is the uh, glutinous rice flour um, coloured with cane sugar, so it's quite a brown colour. And uh, often there's coconut milk added. I love that stuff. Although it's very. Do you like that? You, you I big love. Fan? Yep, I love ningo. <laughs> I, I love lobak yeah. go so much, and ningo as well. I really, but I, I'm not such a fan of all the other matai go and and all the. I mean, they're quite. I'll eat it. Uh, except I'll eat anything. Thing, but ningo mm. and lopako are like mm, so yummy. Yeah, you know, I think it might be something to do with um, not the younger, but I really do. With, someone made and gave us a lobako, the radish cake, and it was so nice. Uh, uh, and I actually preferred it steamed. But of course, in a dim sum restaurant, uh, especially on a slightly chilly day, a pan fried one is, is superb. Mm. Can't, can't really beat that with a little dab of chilli sauce. Um, but that's just a personal favourite. Sorry, I went off on a hazy-eyed tangent there for a moment. <laughs> but, 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 the, but, the, but these cakes, uh, so-called cakes, um, are not what the quiz master had in mind. The quiz master said that it was uh, dumplings. The correct answer is dumplings. They they put forward, oh, they said, oh, yes. maybe it's some kind of gold, lingo or uh, lobacco. And the person, I'm not sure they, with, with, what, what the gender was of the person, but, but the person said, um, wrong. And uh, the correct answer is dumplings. Now, the, uh, the writer of, of SMP uh, was very vocal about his protest. He said he didn't know any friends, parents, grandparents, aunts or uncles, <laughs> and nor did his two, um, you know, sort of ethnically Chinese colleagues um, have any kind of connection with that at all. So have you heard of that? No, I haven't. No. So apparently, so, so, so the writer then sat there Googling, and it's a northern Chinese thing, and the quiz master um, who was not of uh, Chinese descent had just found it on Google, and um, so in, in the north in the north of China, so so uh, including you know Shanghai upwards, basically, um, they are a regular thing, and they are seen the pot sticker, the jiaozi, you know, the kind of pan fried uh, pork and uh, chive. Uh, filled Ooh, ones yes. are seen as being uh, quite for- fortuitous. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. But but you know another another one that, that I'm not going to go into this deeply because it's been and gone now. But but also uh, also supposed to be quite fortuitous and auspicious are tongyun, the sweet uh, dessert balls, uh, mostly because they're round and sweet. That's but, right. Uh, well, depending on where you are, so my grandma's family on my mum's side, they're from yeah. Toishan, and I'm sure there are many people from Toishan of, of descent here in Hong Kong. Our um, our sweet, our dump, our tongyun is actually savoury. Mm. That's oh, yes. What? Yeah, What's you can, inside it? So it's nothing inside it. It's flour balls, but you have it oh. in in a broth in a in a thin uh, in a thin broth and you can have um savory broth. A, a savory broth and you can oh. have mushrooms in it. You can have some fish um some huh. uh what do you call it? You know young dao, you know when you go go to the uh, to this hawker and then you can get the eggplant and also oh lang yu, that's right. You you can get uh the eggplant and also the green pepper, but inside that there's like some stuffed fish yeah. uh, paste, so it'll yeah. have like a bit of like, like uh, fish paste uh, in yeah, it. Yeah, a bit like, like fish ball uh, kind of consistency. Exactly, that's right. You yong, and then you would have it with some uh, maybe some choy inside of it, and it's mm. savory, so yummy. 
Wow. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I mean, also in Shanghai um, and the areas around Shanghai, um, there's a different type of uh, uh, ningo as well. It's uh, have you had that, which is a which is a sort of a glutinous rice um, cake, which is uh, which is which is which is savoury as well, pan fried with mm. a bit of chive and sometimes little flecks of Yunnan ham. No, I that? haven't. No, I haven't tried that. Yeah. Wow, it sounds delicious. Yeah, I only had to have that once when going out to a Ch- uh, to a Shanghainese restaurant during uh, the uh, New Year time. Yeah. 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 Uh, yes, I don't really meet a lot of people who know about uh, the savory tongyun because it's a no. Yeah. No, that's interesting. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, does do you, do you, do um, does your mum keep that? tradition alive no we didn't do it this year since my grandma passed away um last year so we actually didn't do it this year so i I do miss it so we'll just have to bring it back for like you know uh, any occasion it doesn't take a special occasion um i I really i really want to learn how to make it exactly how they make it but i i I tried it and yeah not really my tongyun was not really that round it was the consistency was a bit gloopy but i'll keep trying i'll let you know Keep trying, Noreen. The um, the continuation of this tradition is down to you. Exactly. Within your, within your family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, so on to another story. That first one was just something that I thought was kind of quite funny, a sort of a, you know, a, a sort of disagreement and then something that happened regarding food over what was fortuitous. But moving on um, to, um, to two other stories, which um, there are, pictures provided as Noreen mentioned on her Facebook page Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 um, where I believe uh, she also takes uh, musical requests is that right Noreen? <laughs> That's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right so so the second story is in the UK mostly but also in the US uh, Deliveroo, Uber Eats and Just Eat restaurant takeaway delivery services uh, went on strike on Valentine's Day and that was um, so that's just uh, just under a week ago. Um, this was because they wanted to hit the restaurants and consumers quite hard deliberately by doing it on that night where a lot of people would be ordering in food if they didn't have time to cook or if they didn't want to go out to eat. It's one of the bumper nights. Um, and they wanted to do it over, of course, um, uh, payment terms because they are receiving uh, the way that it's calculated for these riders, and I'm not sure um, how that works here, but um, and it's mostly two-wheeled vehicles in the UK, as as, as we see buzzing around Hong Kong, it's the same. Yeah. Not always motorised. In, yeah, in the UK, there's also a lot of cyclists. I don't know if that exists in Hong Kong. Oh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, we yeah, have cyclists, cyc- pedal power. Yeah, for the food delivery. But it has to be like over a certain distance. I think if it's over a certain distance, then um, bikes... Motorised. Uh, yeah, that has to be motorised, yeah. yeah. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, there were so there were several news stories about this on in, in, in international uh, media outlets and, uh, and wire services um, with uh, cyclists. Uh, one cyclist saying that their pay was absolutely ridiculous and it's a fraction of what the um, minimum wage is supposed to be. The minimum wage, incidentally, is um, is different in different parts of the country. Of course, some people might know that, but the capital, London, um, is a bit more than in some other places. So the picture that I sent you, Noreen, is actually in Brighton and it is some drivers that really um, not only um, were stopping working but they were also demonstrating some of them using uh, megaphones 
um, and doing slow rides around the town like oh. taxi drivers ever do every time they want to put up a fare in Hong Kong. <laughs> um, so it's uh, so they, they so they were doing that, and um, and it happens in Brighton. Some of them Brighton, have L London. plates on them. Is that um, yes, because. Because, because in the UK, maybe it's still the case, uh, it used to be that uh, up to a certain engine size, people, can, if they have a, um, a car driving license, they can just ride a bike below a certain amount of uh, number of uh, cc engine. Oh. If you, um, yeah, without, okay. without taking a motorbike test, if it's a, like a small scooter, I think it used to be below 250 cc. Uh, but going into too much detail with that, probably. <laughs> um, um, yeah, but um, so the uh, in, in America they did this for a few hours. It was um, in the afternoon from about four o'clock until uh, six p.m. But in the UK, it was um, all, all of the drivers of this service, or not all of them actually. I'll tell you, there were some exceptions in the moment. I'll explain. But it was between five p.m. and ten p.m. So that was really hitting at a time where people obviously would be coming back from work or yeah, dinner time basically uh, on Valentine's evening. So it was an effective way of getting a lot of media coverage in the places where it happened. Um, But uh, Deliveroo, one of those companies that I mentioned before, did offer an extra, a whopping big £10, which is about um, $100 for drivers to work on top of their you know, quite low hourly rates. Um, I'm not sure exactly what they get, but this is, it was all about the poor paying conditions that they were that they were this for. Um, so they got an extra little bonus and incentive. So some riders took part to get that. One of those, um, just before we leave this topic, um, if we want to know what the rates are, they say that the way it's calculated, which is some sort of um, percentage of what the food or food and drink order is, ranges roughly between um, £2.80 and £3.15. So let's say an average of about $30 for different fares that they get to do, to deliver an order. And they say it takes them a long time and it just doesn't work out. Hard for us to calculate how, how many of those they would make on an evening, really. Who knows? But, mm-hmm. but obviously it's not much, otherwise they wouldn't be doing this um, sort of taking this action. Exactly. So it was about 3000 or so that took over in the UK and it was expected to have been similar um, in the US as well. That was that story. Um, on to a completely different one from Canada, which came from the, their broadcaster, CBC, um, that also has a very good newsy website. Um, it's a continuation of our discussion that we've had many a time about high-tech machines appearing in restaurants and bars around the world. Nothing to do with the domestic things that were launched in the Las Vegas uh, show about the high-tech things people can gizmos they can have in their own home. This is about in the commercial use, and we've talked about robots that have been seen mm-hmm. serving and behind counters in high-tech. Like commercial um, use as kitchens. in like restaurants, yeah, kitchens and hotels. Yeah. Okay, sure, big exactly, scale. Exactly, exactly. So um, they're, they're, they're going, they're, they're, they're really making an impact in Canada, basically. There's one picture that I sent over, which, uh, which is uh, um, of, of salads, a uh, robot machine called um, Cibotica, which prepares salads. And it's divine, designed by a Vancouver robotics company. And it, it portions out the exact amount of cut uh, vegetables or pre-cleaned vegetables because I can see that there are beans and chickpeas in some of the pictures that uh, that have been shown on media um, and 
there's another machine uh, also coming out of Vancouver called Flippy, which makes burgers. <laughs> which, um, so so w- what's happening here is that people in fast food um, outlets are being replaced by machines. It's, they're becoming more common behind the counter. And as I've mentioned before, I remember in China there were some interesting ones that were doing noodle soups. Um, it seems like over a year ago that we were having a quick chat about that. But they were behind glass as a display kitchen. These ones in Canada are more kind of out of sight, you know, <laughs> kitchen that's not as a display, not as a performance item. It's automation that is, uh, that is growing to cut labour costs, but also to improve efficiency because some people who are, there's a shortage in Canada, as there are in many places, including Hong Kong, of those who are willing to work in restaurant kitchens doing the prep work and the, um, you know, the really heavy duty tasks, which require a lot of care and attention. And when there's a shortage, sometimes people will take it just for uh, a job, which is all well and good, mm-hmm. but they might not really be in it to be as efficient in their dicing and slicing as possible it's just a job and that can be both um you know that can prove both ineffective for what they're producing and also um uh dangerous if they're not handling things correctly um i know that we're getting close to the time you just give me the word but basically have a look at noreen yep okay have a look at noreen's facebook pages there's one called autocardo which takes um (laughs) the stone out of an avocado (laughs) and slices it there's a picture of that that's coming out of canada as well uh and lastly there is a experiment with the pizza toppings that was another image which has got lots of bits of different sauce, cheese, etc. going onto the top of pizzas, automated. There's a part of me that thinks that's sad because, you know, when somebody's making the pizza, they're sprinkling the ingredients and perhaps it's, well, sometimes it's made with love and now it's all automated. But I do like the autocardo, that machine that sort of automatically removes the pips. uh, Great name. Yeah, (laughs) brilliant name. (laughs) Well, Andrew, always a pleasure to have you on the show and I look forward to the next time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Nori. Bye for now.